Hey everybody, thanks for uh, watching the broadcast, whether live or on the replay. If you could, do me a favor, share the broadcast, help me to get the Word of God to as many people as possible. Like the broadcast, you can, uh, you can interact with me in the comments, I'll be glad to, to uh, respond to you as much as I'm able to while I'm ministering. But uh, I appreciate everybody for coming on and for doing those things to help me out. It's going to be a great word today, as it is every time. Because the word of God is uh, powerful, um, but how to how to uh, how to have a powerful prayer life? How to develop a powerful prayer life? And this came up in my spirit because a lot of people, uh, Christians especially, they struggle in their prayer life. They they you know either uh, people are different places in the spectrum of prayer. Either they pray with with the goal in mind that uh, they don't really think about if they're getting their prayers answered or not they just want to spend time with god and i could see the motive of a heart in that that's fine however jesus jesus uh got things accomplished in prayer that was his whole yes he wanted to spend time with the father but his whole purpose was to 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 see uh as he says on earth as it is in heaven thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven he taught us that, mo that model prayer in the Gospels. And so if Jesus taught us to, to uh, want to see results in prayer, then it, you know we're, we're not doing our full job in prayer if we're not praying to get results. Just spending time with God, what a wonderful thing. But that, that's not the only thing that matters in prayer. Spending time with God, absolutely. Worshiping the Lord, of course. Um, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for those things, but God doesn't take it as an insult if we come to Him and, and have requests. But how we pray determines if we're going to have results. How we pray determines if we're going to, if we're going to, uh, you know, n like know how to pray for what the thing we're praying for, but also if we're going to actually see the thing we're praying for come to pass, if we're going to actually see the miracle or the manifestation. And, um, and believe it or not, the whole point of prayer is not just a relationship with God. That's a big part of it. But the whole point of prayer is to make sure that we're pulling things down from heaven. Like the Bible says that uh, whatsoever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever, whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And um, every single Christian has the Holy Ghost on the inside of them. Now, whether you pray in tongues or not, I'm not dealing with that at the moment. But especially if you pray in tongues you have the you could pray in the power of the spirit and just so you know it's for every believer no matter who you are no matter what denomination that you would say you belong to or whatever that's irrelevant the bible says that believers can be filled with the holy spirit and speak with other tongues and it's absolutely available to every believer but <clears throat> how to develop a uh, powerful prayer life and i want you to i want you to Focus on the word develop. How do you develop a powerful prayer life? Well, develop has the, has the meaning that it doesn't happen in five minutes. It doesn't happen in one day. You develop your prayer life over time. And also, it, I mean, it doesn't necessarily take 20 years to develop a strong prayer life. But a strong prayer life is developed through seeing God do what the things that you're praying for. It encourages you to see the hand of God move 
in your life and in the lives of those around you that you pray for, when you pray for the sick and you see them recover because the Bible says so, it encourages you to keep praying more. It encourages you to, to go to somebody else that's sick and pray for them and see God do the same thing that he did for the other person. Uh, and you can fill in the blank. Whatever you're praying for, you, you, your, your biggest goal in prayer, aside from spending time with God to get to know him more, is also to see him do the things that the Bible says he will do when you pray. Can you say amen? And so I'm going to get started here. Yeah, I've kind of already gotten started, but thanks for liking and sharing. And, and uh, I'll interact with you in the comments when I see people come on. But in John chapter 15, how to develop a powerful prayer life. Um, results in prayer matter. We, we, have to, we have to accept the fact that results in prayer is the whole point of prayer. Otherwise, what's the point of praying? Amen. John chapter 15 and verse 1. I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. Uh, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. So do you see the trend here already in the first two verses? The trend here already is that we are producing something. Yes, it's the Holy Ghost who works within us. It's the grace of God at work within us. But we have to actually be the ones going and doing what the Bible says. And then fruit is produced from that. So he said he cuts off every branch of, of mine that does not produce fruit. And he prunes uh, branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. So either way, you're being pr pr uh, pruned so that you will produce what? Fruit. Amen. Verse 3, John 15, 3. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. So it's the Word of God that prunes us. It's the Word of God that proves on the inside of us. It's the Word of God that confronts the flesh. It's the Word of God uh, that we sow into our spirit, man, that causes us to uh, become pruned so that we could produce more fruit. Type it in the comments. Produce more fruit. No, verse 4, John 15, 4. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Remain in me, for I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Hallelujah. So Jesus is the whole reason why we're able to produce fruit. Jesus is the whole reason why we're able to pray to the Father, while we're able to go to the Father directly, we don't pray to Jesus, okay? Now, don't get messed up with that statement. We don't pray to Jesus. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. That's where a lot of people uh, get, get, do the wrong thing, and I'm not, I'm not going to make an argument with that. What I'm telling you is absolute fact. Jesus is our great high priest. And because of his blood, we're able to now go straight to the Father because of what he's done for us. Amen. Verse 5, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. See the trend here. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. <clears throat> Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. 
But if, listen to this verse, verse 7, very key verse here. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So understand <clears throat> what Jesus said here in verse 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you. So the word of God I'm going to put five things into your spirit today about developing a powerful prayer life. What is a powerful prayer life? Again, it's not just spending time with God. That's a big part of it. But it's also seeing results when you pray, seeing results of the thing that you're praying for, whether it be healing, a miracle of some kind, a breakthrough, seeing God do what the Bible says he will do. That's the whole point of prayer. Amen. Five things that will help you develop a powerful prayer life. Number one, remain in Jesus. Now, if he tells us to remain in him, as he did over and over in the verses I've previously read here, the trend here is that remain in Jesus is a key. If he says remain in me, that means that there will be a, a temptation to not remain in him. As long as we're in this physical body on this earth, th there will be temptations to not remain in Jesus. Now, what does that look like? That means persecution will come. People will persecute you for preaching Jesus. People will persecute you for praying in the name of Jesus. People will persecute you for praying for the sick to be healed in the name of Jesus. People will persecute you for saying that Jesus is the only way to heaven. People will persecute you for worshiping Jesus and saying you don't worship any other God. People will persecute you for saying Jesus died for the sins of the world. People will persecute you for these things. So that's why he's saying, remain in me, and my words will remain in you. And then you can ask for anything you want. So a lot of people, people Christians in the past, have, have, have um, gotten this a little bit confused in their theology and in their prayers because they say, well, the Bible, the Bible says that I can pray for anything that I want and it'll be done, but that, that's not really what it means in context. No, that's exactly what Jesus said. But the key is, remain in me, and my words remain in you. So, remaining in Jesus, but then letting his words remain in you. The words of Jesus are in red, obviously, but the whole Bible <clears throat> points to Christ. That's the, whole, that's the prophetic thread of all Scripture. It all points to Jesus. And when you, take, when, you, when you abide in Christ, when you remain in Him, you don't, let the, you don't let the pressures of the world pull you away from Jesus. You don't let persecution cause you to be ashamed of Jesus, like what happened to Peter in the Bible. Um, but then you let His words remain in you. Because He said, remaining in me is good. But my words also have to remain in you, and then you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. So, I would say that the reason a lot of Christians don't ask for anything they want and see it come to pass is because they're not remaining. They're not remaining in Christ. They're not, they don't know God's Word. You don't pray just anything. You pray according to the Word of God. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. So we pray according to the Bible. The Bible is powerful, but we have to allow His Word to remain in us. And then the Bible says, you may ask for anything you want, 
and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are true, my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So he says, when you produce much fruit, you're my true disciples. So ask yourself this question today. Are you producing much fruit? Are you allowing the Word of God to prune your heart so that you can produce more fruit? Because if you're not producing much fruit, based upon Scripture, you may not be a true disciple. That's a question. That's not me accusing anyone. Ask yourself that question. Verse 9, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. That's powerful. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. How did the Father love Jesus? Perfectly. Perfectly. And so Jesus loves us perfectly. And he says, remain in my love. So three things to remain in. Number one is remain in Christ. Number two, remain in his word. Number three, remain in his love. Keys to developing a powerful prayer life. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in His love. So how do you remain in the commandments of Christ? When you, no, how do you remain in the love of Christ? When you obey His commandments. What is His commandments? Well, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Go to church. That, that one right there would, would cause a lot of Christians to, uh, to get upset. But it's a fact. It's true. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Believers will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. These things are commands. They're not suggestions. It's the great commission. Tithe. Tithing is a command. Giving in the offering is a command. So, again, when you obey my commandments... You remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So the fruit that comes from the things that I'm teaching right now is that you're filled with joy. You're filled with the joy of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that that's your strength. So maybe the reason why so many Christians feel tired in their prayers is because they're not doing the things that John chapter 15 teaches. Let me give you an example. When you pray, it's wrong to say, Jesus, I ask you to do this. It's wrong. It's not biblically accurate. You say, well, that's legalism. Absolutely, it's, it, it's what the Bible says. The Bible says we pray to the Father. That's what Jesus told the disciples. Pray to the Father in my name. You haven't done this before, but when you do this now, you will have results. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what the Bible says. We go to the Father in the name of Jesus, and then we fill in the blank with our request uh, between the Father and then the name of Jesus, and when we say in the name of Jesus, amen, that's how God brings things to pass. That's how things happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. Verse 15, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. So when you obey these things, that's what causes your joy to overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other 
in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. So that who will give it to you? So that the Father will give it to you, will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is a powerful passage of Scripture in John chapter 15. The whole chapter, it's a powerful chapter of Scripture that teaches you how to get results in prayer. I hope that you get this today. Verse 18, if the world hates you, and it does, remember that it hated me first. So when this world attacks you and persecutes you, they're not attacking and persecuting you. They're persecuting Jesus in you. Never take it personal. You're, you're, whenever you gave your life to Christ, the Bible says that you were crucified with Christ. It's no longer you that lives, but Christ who lives within you. Can you say amen? So if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of this world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. They would not be guilty if, it had not come, if I had not come and spoken to them, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me also hates my father. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, yet they hate me and my father. This fulfills what, what is written in their scripture. They hated me without cause. But I will send you the advocate. Here's a powerful thing. A powerful thing. Don't, if you miss everything else I say, listen to this part. But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father, and he will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. So who will, who will you testify? Who will you testify about? Listen again. But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth, talking about the Holy Ghost. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. So the Holy Ghost is a major part of developing a powerful prayer life. I'm not just talking about praying in tongues. That, it, it's obviously included. and it, I, you, It's not an option for believers. I don't know why some Christians think that praying in tongues is optional. It's not. It's in the Bible. And it's such a powerful, precious prayer language. I don't know why any Christian would be against it. Anyways, the five things. Number one, remain in Jesus. Number two, remain in his words. You can, you can write these things in the comments as I give them out. Take notes. This will help you. Remain in his words. Number three, produce much fruit. You might think, what does that have to do with prayer? Everything. Because your prayer life is supposed to produce results. What does that mean? Whatever you're praying for, you should see the result of the thing you're praying for. 
Hallelujah. Whether it be healing, a breakthrough, someone else's salvation. I mean, there's things to pray for. There's things to pray against. The different types of prayer are important to learn. There are different types of prayer. I'm not taking the time to teach on that right now. I'm just trying to help you to learn how to, how to develop a powerful prayer life. And all these keys will help you. Because it's not normal as a Christian to not see answers in your prayers. To just pray every day as a form of habit. Ha having that habit is good. But the whole point of prayer is to see results when you pray. Hallelujah. Number three, produce much fruit. Number four, love. Love. I don't know if I have to break that down or not. Love. Love for your fellow uh, believer. The Bible says that we, uh, th that the world will know, know us by how we love each other, by how other believers love each other. That's how, we're, that's how we're marked as disciples of Christ, is that we love each other. So without love, the Bible even says in Mark chapter 11, you don't have to turn there, but in Mark chapter 11, I believe it's verse 25, that if you don't forgive others who have offended you, your Father in heaven won't forgive you either. So your prayer life immediately stops. The effectiveness of your prayer life depends upon you walking in love. The effectiveness of your prayer life. What does that mean, the effectiveness? Whether or not you're going to get your prayers answered. Very basic. None of your prayers will be answered if you're not walking in love. And another aspect of that, the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives and never be harsh with them or your prayers will be hindered. Not everybody's married. I'm married. So husbands, if you're harsh with your wives and you create strife in your marriage, you're the spiritual head of the home. So if you're harsh with your wife, the Bible says ain't none of your prayers getting answered. You can forget it. So love, number four. Love for other people. Love for your family, obviously. And, and love especially toward other believers. Number five, final thing. Number five. Before I read that, I'm going to keep reading these scriptures because number five, it's, it's, it's a huge thing. I hope you're putting these things into your spirit today. They're powerful. Number six, uh, chapter 16, verse one. I have told you these things so you won't abandon your faith. So why did he just say everything in verse 15 that I, that I have already read to you? For that reason right there, what he said, I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. How many, how many Christians have abandoned their faith because they weren't seeing results in their prayer? And then they said, well, sometimes God, sometimes God answers prayer, sometimes he doesn't. It's all up to God. No, it's not. It's up to you to learn the word of God so you know what to pray for, how to pray for it, and get results in prayer. I know I sound mean, but I'm tired of seeing people struggle with religious crap theology hallelujah i have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith for you will be expelled from the synagogues and the time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing a holy service for god i think we're already at that place 
This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I am telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer. Verse 5, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. It is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. Jesus said it's better that the Holy Spirit comes to be your helper and that I go to be with the Father in heaven. So I know that we eagerly wait for the return of Christ. I'm right there with everybody. However, I'm not looking for the return of Christ to be um, my escape from a hard life. I don't live a hard life. I never will. Why? Because I had a hard life before I gave it to Christ. When I gave my life to Christ, my old life died on the cross. I was resurrected with him by faith, by grace through faith. And now the Bible says, I am blessed. Now the Bible says, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not exactly the same thing most people are taught in church, is it? But it's the truth. It is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father. And you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. Such powerful stuff. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you, by telling you whatever He receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. Number five, pray in the Holy Spirit. And um, whoever disagrees with this, you're free to disagree with it. But I'm right. Praying in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says you build up your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit means praying in other tongues. It's a wonderful heavenly supernatural prayer language that helps you to pray out the perfect will of God with the help of the Holy Ghost. It's a prayer language that He puts into you. All you have to do is ask Him. The only, the only thing that qualifies you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that you have become born again. If you have Jesus in your heart and He's your Savior and Lord, then you qualify to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Hallelujah. Go with me to John, I'm still reading the same chapter, chapter 16, 
But let's fast forward to verse 25. Okay, this is important for me to point out to people. Verse 25, John 16, 25. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. What'd he just say? At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly, and he will grant you your requests, because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. You go to the Father in the name of Jesus. Type it in the comments. Pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. I'm going to read it again. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly, and He will grant your requests because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Many people don't have abundant joy simply because they're not doing the very thing Jesus taught them to do in prayer, in these scriptures. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So listen to this, verse 25. I'm going to keep reading scripture. I have spoken of these matters in figures of speech, but soon I will stop speaking figuratively and I will tell you plainly all about the Father. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from God. Yes, I came from the Father into the world, and now I leave the world and return to the Father. And then his disciples said, At last you are speaking plainly and, fi and not figuratively. Now we understand that you know everything, and there's no need to question you. From this we believe that you came from God. Jesus asked, Do you finally believe? But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when you will be scattered, each of you going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So listen. Jesus said you will have many tri trials and sorrows. He's not talking about you having to put up with the devil's crap. The devil's under your feet as a Christian. And there's something that you can do about it. There's something Jesus commanded us to do about it in prayer. We bind and we loose. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So if you're not, if you're not taking your authority and taking your place in prayer to the Father in the name of Jesus, then guess what's happening? Nothing. God can't. God wants to help you. He wants to answer your prayers, but you have to pray the way Jesus taught you to pray. And you can only do that when you have His Word abiding in you. You, you abide in Christ. You abide in Him. Why? Because His blood purchased your ability to go to the Father directly. By the blood of Christ, we can now come boldly into the throne of grace. We can get grace in, in the time of need. And we can bring the Father our requests. 
and then we end it with in the name of Jesus and we we believe we have received that's what Mark chapter 11 talks about you believe you have received when you pray not just when it happens you believe you have received it when you pray but the thing is is that he said over and over if you remain in me and I and my words remain in you you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So producing much fruit happens whenever we develop a powerful prayer life. The, the, the production of much fruit, what does that mean, the production of much fruit? It's talking about producing, producing righteous fruit in every area of your life, in your love walk, in the fruits of the Spirit, in your finances, that you're winning souls, that you are doing the things of the Great Commission, that you're bearing much fruit in every area of life, that you're walking in love, that you're walking in peace, that you're walking in faithfulness, that you're walking in joy. Hallelujah! These are the things that Jesus taught. He, he exemplified these things. He was our great example. When he walked the earth, he's our great example in the Bible. There's other good examples, but Jesus is our ultimate example. And he said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be done. So everybody wants to ask for anything you want, but people have to do the first part. Remain in Jesus. <clears throat> Never become ashamed of the name of Jesus. Never become ashamed of the blood of Christ that purchased our redemption that paid the price for our sins, that, that, that purchased our healing. Amen. Never become ashamed of the name of Jesus, saying that He's the only way to heaven. Never become ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God for salvation for everyone who will believe. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you. So both things, both things are important. You have to remain in Christ and His words have to remain in you. What does that mean? You can't just speak anything you want to speak. You don't get to just say whatever you want to say. Go to the book of James. You don't get to just talk however you want to talk as a Christian. You can't, you can't pray one thing and then, and then talk something else at another time. Talk something else when things get challenging. You, you, you talk doubt and unbelief or you talk you know, negative or evil, whatever the case is, you have to keep your tongue in line with what the Bible says. That's what it means by my words remain in you. So if he warns you to remain, that means there could be a tendency as long as you live in this earth, in this physical body, to not remain in him. There's a temptation every single day in some way, shape, or form to not remain in him and, and his words not remain in you. You line your words up to the world, to the way the world thinks. Oh, I don't know about this economy. I don't know about this healing stuff. I, I know the Bible says that, but you know that the, the, there's all this stuff going on in the world, and I just don't know how we're going to make it. That's the talk of unbelievers. That's the talk of the world. Line your mouth up to what the Bible says. If His words remain in you, then you can ask for anything you want, and it will be done. Hallelujah. James chapter 3. Um... I'll start reading in uh, verse 3. We can, make large, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. 
and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes great, it, it boasts of great things. But a tiny spark can set a, a, a forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can, turn, can tame all kinds of animals, birds and reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil and full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. So, so the Apostle Paul is, is drawing a picture here to help us uh, uh, you know, understand this spiritual law, this spiritual principle. When you, when you got born again, you, you inherited a spiritual fruit called self-control. Type it in the comments, self-control. The only thing in this world that you get to control is yourself. People try to control everything and they fail miserably. If you try to control other people, you're going to fail. Control your dang self. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. So what is Paul, the Apostle Paul saying in this scripture is that um, you, have to, you have to, on a daily basis, control your tongue. Because when Jesus said, my words have to remain in you, that's talking about you sowing the word into your heart every day, but it's also talking about what you say. What you say can, can create or cancel what God wants to do in your life. That's why Mark chapter 11, verse 22, Jesus said, Have faith in God. If anyone will say unto this mountain, if anyone will speak to the problem of whatever it is that you want God to do in your life, if you will speak to it, and um, if it's something you want to see God remove, whatever it is, sickness or disease, speak to it. You don't need to ask God to heal you. He's done that through Jesus. What you need to do is come against it in the name of Jesus. Bind it. Rebuke it. Command that sickness to leave your body. Why? Because there are things to pray for and there's things to pray against. So when we control our tongue, when we control how we speak, <clears throat> that's allowing our spirit man to take control of the situation. That's allowing the Holy Ghost to help us. Okay? And the Holy Ghost helps us in all these things. But we, as Christians, we can't we can't make any more excuses in our prayer life and say, well, you know, I've been praying for this, but I, I, I just trust God and His timing. God's timing for everything is now. How do I know that? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is. If you're not praying by faith, if you're not praying with faith, you might as well not pray. 
because God, the only prayers that God hears and answers are prayers of faith. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Not the prayers of, of, of just anybody. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. I know people, you know, I, I'm coming at it pretty harsh, but I hate religiosity because I've seen so many people struggle in their prayer life, not receive from God what they, what they need Him to do. And it's not because He doesn't want to answer. It's not because it isn't a promise in the Bible. It's because they don't know how to pray for what the thing that they're wanting to see God do. Hallelujah. And so controlling your tongue. Don't, don't ask God to do one thing in prayer. Let's use wisdom as an example. You ask God for wisdom. What does the Bible say? When you ask God for wisdom, Father, I thank you that you are the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I thank you that the Bible says in James chapter 1, listen to what the Bible says here. Verse 3. No, I'm sorry. Verse 5. If you need wisdom, ask our, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God. Do not waver. Don't be double-minded. For a person who is double-minded is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. That pretty much describes the majority of the body of Christ when it comes to prayer. And I'm not trying to be rude with that. I'm just saying it like it is. I used to be the same way before I started to see by the Word of God how Jesus got results in prayer. <clears throat> and I'm not saying I've mastered it. I'm getting better. But what I'm teaching you today is something that I've seen God improve as I've continued to develop my prayer life and make the changes necessary to see answers. Hallelujah. So when we ask God for wisdom or anything else, but especially wisdom, we can't be double-minded. A double-minded person what does, that, what does that mean, being double-minded? It means when you pray, you're not really sure if God is going to do it or not. You're just throwing up a prayer hoping that, hoping that He has some kind of mercy on you today and, and He actually does it. That's double-minded. That's not faith. Faith says, faith gets into the Word of God. It says, the Bible says right here, by His stripes I was healed. If I was healed, that's past tense. So, Father, I claim that now in the name of Jesus. I speak to this pain, this sickness that's in my body, and I command it to go according to the Word of God that says, by His stripes I was healed. That's how you do it. That's how you pray against something. Every problem of life answers to the Word of God. Type that in the comments. Every problem of life answers to the Word of God. Hallelujah. So don't be double-minded. When you go to God for something, believe you have received and stay with it. How long do you have to stay with it? Until you see the thing happen. Because the Word of God cannot fail. The Word of God cannot fail. So don't be double-minded. The Bible says, James 1 and uh, what does it say about double-minded people? Verse 7, James 1, 7. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Unfortunately, that's the testimony of too many Christians. They are such people that should not expect any to receive anything from the Lord. They're already not seeing anything because of the way that they're praying. I hope that this will help you. I hope that you can receive this in the midst of what seems like my harshness. I'm not trying to be harsh. But I'm passionate to see people improve their prayer life and start to see 
results. I'm tired of seeing people struggle because of religious nonsense that they've been taught in religious churches. I love you guys. I'm sorry, but I get passionate about this. Too many good people are struggling. If this is helping you, let me know. Give me a hand emoji. Thanks for enduring my passion. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So you control your tongue. You don't, you don't allow yourself to be double-minded. Whenever you realize you don't be double-minded, you see by the Word of God what you can have in prayer, and you fight for it in prayer. But then, when you're not in your, your personal prayer time with God anymore, you go about your job or about your day or whatever, what if bad news comes? Don't let it move you. Because in line with, um, in line with controlling your tongue and not allowing yourself to speak uh, negativity or, or, or opposite of what the Bible says, um, in line with that, when you, when you pray in private, you feel full of faith, you feel good about it. But then when a challenge comes to challenge that faith that you put into your spirit, in those moments, don't allow yourself to speak doubt and unbelief because then you cancel the very thing you prayed for. You receive it the moment you pray and said, Father, I thank you. I believe I have received according to your word in the name of Jesus. That's the moment you receive it. Now, when it manifests in the natural, that's great. Manifestation is important. But when you receive it by faith, that's when you receive it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So faith matters. Hallelujah. How to develop a powerful prayer life. How to get results in prayer. I hope these things have helped you today because I used to struggle in prayer. I used to struggle to know if I was hearing the voice of God or the, you know, the devil or, or, or what I was hearing because I was, I was hearing. But I wasn't sure who I was hearing. So the way to be confident of who you're hearing is to put the word into your spirit. Put it into your spirit to the point where you could just speak scripture left and right. Where, where you know, when something happens in your life, you can look to the Bible to see if it's of God or not. And if it is of God, just praise him. If it's not of God, you can pull it up by the roots, by your faith by rebuking it, by commanding it to go, speaking to the mountain. Don't doubt in your heart, but believe that when you speak the word of God, it is done. You have to see yourself the way that God sees you. That's the other side of it. Be bold in your prayer. See yourself the way God sees you. How does he see you? He sees you in Christ. He sees you in him. So you have to see yourself the way that God sees you because that will have an effect on your prayer life, on the confidence of your prayer life, on the boldness in your prayers. It's important to see yourself the way Jesus sees you and to pray from that place. The Bible says we're seated with him in heavenly places. It says that in Ephesians chapter 2, we're seated with him in heavenly places. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6 says. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us, you and me, 
in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all He has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. See yourself just like that. And your prayer life will be totally transformed. You'll realize that when Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth, you'll realize that you have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Please don't put your WhatsApp information in my comments. I'm not calling anybody. Please don't put your websites. Please don't put support me in, in my ministry. I'm doing a broadcast right now where I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help people. We feed the poor. So if you want to see the, for, the poor fed, sow into this ministry and you'll see God do it. Hallelujah. This is this is not a this, this broadcast is not about getting money from people. This broadcast is not about trying to get some platform. This broadcast is about helping people to see results in their life with God. It's about helping people to receive from God what he wants to do in their lives. That's what it's about. Hallelujah. So see yourself the way that Christ the, the way that God sees you, which is in Christ. He sees you in the blood of Jesus if you're born again. Hallelujah. Praise God. So let me put these five things. I'm going to block you if you don't stop putting your WhatsApp stuff in my in my broadcast comments. I'm just telling you. Let me give you the five things. Number 1, remain in Jesus and and these are found all these points are found in John chapter 15. Remain in Jesus. Let his words remain in you, number two. Number three, produce much fruit. Number four, love. Number five, pray in the Spirit. Now, praying in the Holy Ghost is important, and you should pray often, as, much as, you, as often as you can in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because you, you pray out mysteries. You pray out mysteries. You pray out the perfect plan of God. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, giving you a lot of scripture today, because that's what produces power in your spirit. And the Holy Spirit, Romans 8, 8, 26, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. What's our weakness? It's our physical body, but it's also the fact that in your own, in your own uh, earthly language, if it's uh, probably English, if you're watching this broadcast and you understand what I'm saying, but if I pray in English, I don't know the perfect plan of God for everything in English. I don't know how to pray everything that God wants me to pray in English. So when the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for with our natural minds. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us or through us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the for the good for the good of those who who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Hallelujah. So listen, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, the Bible says you build up your most holy faith, so the thing that pleases God. And it also says that you pray out the perfect plan of God. So the question is, why would you not want to pray much in the spirit? Why would you not want to pray as often as you can in, in other tongues? Because you're praying out the perfect plan of God for your life. 
It's funny how people that want to be led by the Holy Spirit never pray in the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to be led by a spirit that you never pray in. Praise God. And if you're if you're a born again believer, then you qualify for the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. So if you're saved and you don't speak in tongues yet, I'm not I'm not uh, rebuking you or trying to make you feel bad, but you can receive it. As I bring this corrupt broadcast to a close, I have a question for people. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, or maybe you have before in times past, but you know you're not living for Him right now. You're living in sin and you're away from God. You need to come back to God today. He loves you. He has good plans for your life. He wants to help you in every area of life. He's your present help in the time of need, but you have to repent and turn to Him. I want you to pray this prayer with me if you've never prayed the prayer, and also if you once did, but you know you're not living for Him now. On either of those things, pray this prayer with me and give your life fresh to God. Make sure that you're going to heaven when you die. Say, God in heaven, I give you my life right now. I turn from sin. And I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. I believe that he rose from the dead. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I'm born again. I'm on my way to heaven. And I will never turn back by the grace of God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, congratulations, you just became born again. Now, for anybody who wants to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, go ahead and ask God to give it to you. That's all you have to do. It's very simple. Say, Father, I ask you to baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire and help me to, pre uh, help me to speak in other tongues right now. Ask him to do it, and he will. And I'm going to pray for you, so just lift your hands as I pray for you. Father, I thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the... the uh, prayer language from heaven called other tongues and I ask you to baptize them right now each and every one who wants it I ask you to baptize them help them to speak in tongues now in the name of Jesus I loose the fire of the Holy Ghost I, I thank you father for the healing power that is in the name of Jesus and in his blood I curse every sickness and disease under the sound of my voice I curse pain out of your body in the name of Jesus I command it to go now in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, for the working of miracles. I thank you for the gifts of healing. I thank you for the gift of faith. May those gifts go out and touch people through this broadcast right now, whoever needs it. I thank you, Father, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Be healed now. Be, be freed from addictions. In the name of Jesus, addictions to drugs, prescription pills, alcohol, pornography. I curse this spirit of addiction off of you now. In the name of Jesus. If you need that, just lift your hands and receive it. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, for touching people right now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for touching people. Hallelujah. Let me give you an opportunity to sow seed into the ministry before I, as I bring this to a close. <clears throat> the information's on the screen for how you can give. Just go to the website. We have the, our outreach coming up in a couple of weeks right there that we're believing God.
for people to come and get saved. And um, it's going to be a powerful time. We're believing God to shake this nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want you to pray specifically. Ask God what he would have you do today. Ask him what he would have you give. And I want you to pray specifically. Ask God if he wants you to become a monthly partner. We're believing God for more partners. I thank God for the ones who are partnered with us. And we're believing him for more. So as you ask God what he would have you do today to be a part with us of what he is doing through this ministry as we go after souls, as we minister the word of God, as he opens doors for us to preach in other churches and other places, we're going to Austria next month. We're believing God for miracles, signs, and wonders to see people touched by the power of God, healed, restored, set free. We're seeing God do amazing things in everything that we do. It's, it's by His grace. This is His ministry. But when you partner with us, when you sow into this ministry, it's going toward heavenly things. And what does the Bible say about giving? Well, Jesus said that when you give, it's more blessed to give than to receive, but you still receive a harvest. Galatians chapter 6, go there. Galatians chapter 6, the Bible says, in verse 7, God, don't be misled. God is not mocked. You will always harvest what you plant. So since you will harvest what you plant, so at the level you want to be receiving. I challenge you today to, to sow your best so that you can see God take you to higher places. Give with faith. Everybody's best is a different amount. But as you give today, the Bible says that he will give it back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He will cause other people to give back to you. Praise God. And so as you, when, when we give into the gospel, when we connect our finances to souls and to, to the, the abundance of heaven, it takes your finances out of, the, out of this world system and connects it to the economy of heaven. Heaven's not struggling. This world is struggling. So there's no pressure on this offering. This is a free will offering. You're free to give whatever God speaks to you to give. You're free to not give anything. But I encourage you to obey God. If he speaks to you to give whatever amount, use your faith and give it that amount and watch what God does when you give with faith. He will cause it to be multiplied back into your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, we, we feed hungry people every week with Feed the Hungry. So when you sow into this ministry, you're helping us feed hungry people. It's part of the Great Commission. And as you, as you put your money toward what matters most to God, you let Him know that what matters most to Him matters most to you. And God will honor you for doing that. So whatever He speaks to you to give, just be obedient. And pray specifically about becoming a monthly partner. And as you do, you are blessed. Let me pray for those who give today, who partner today, as you prepare your giving. And obviously you can give on the website, through PayPal, wire it straight to the bank account. There's also a, a Stripe button where you can give via uh, directly from your credit or debit card if you want to bypass PayPal and everything else. But let me pray for those who give today. Let me pray over your seed. And God 
is going to cause all, all the multiplication to happen as you give with faith, as you're generous with whatever He tells you to do. Father, I thank You for every giver. I thank You for every seed sown. I thank You for everybody who partners. I ask You and thank You that the Bible says that You give it back unto them good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I thank You that they are blessed as they give. I thank you that the windows of heaven are open in their lives. You're pouring out blessings so great they don't have room enough to take it all in. I thank you that as they obey you to sow whatever you speak to them, that you cause it to be multiplied back in their lives, some 30, 60, and some 100-fold. I thank you, Father, as they give with faith, that they're giving directly to you. And as they, give, as they, as they sow seed toward what matters most to you, which is souls, that you cause what matters most to them to come to pass. I thank you, Father, for the abundance that you return back into their lives. They are blessed in the name of Jesus. I thank you for testimonies of what you do in their lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you to everybody who uh, watched live and who watches on the replay. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for giving. Thank you for partnering and being a part with us of all that God is doing. We love you so much. God bless you. I'll see you back on again next Tuesday. Be blessed.